Welcome to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food is not cheap, and a person who loves my wood stove. And today's topic is cooking with wood, and very pleased to have in studio with me Peter Solak, owner of Woodland Stoves. Welcome to Food Freedom Radio. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's been a while since you've been on. I was trying to find the last time. It might have been like seven or eight years even. Well, time time has accelerated. <laughs> It, it 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 definitely has, and I um I mean I really appreciate our partnership. I mean, um, Woodland Stoves was one of the very first advertisers of AM nine fifty way back in two thousand and four. And like you say, time really does go by fast. And I got my woodland my woodland my woodland stove. I got my wood stove in two thousand and five. So, so let's tell let's talk a little bit about the history of woodland stoves. How did you started this when? Uh, I started the store in 1977, really in reaction to, or actually, the an, an oil shortage in the uh, 70s, uh, created an opportunity, and I always had an interest, or often had an interest in uh, burning wood. I thought it was a nice, uh, quaint, back to the earth uh, activity, and and I've had fun with it ever since. I, actually, my interest has grown to cooking with wood. Yeah, so there is a personal connection between wood and bean i mean it, it is it is it is a real i mean it's historic obviously well actually until recently i was saying human beings are the only animal that uses fire and probably we are we seem the only animals that uses fire use fire to cook or cook our food but there's some evidence that birds actually carry uh burning sticks and spread fire and actually some birds I don't think North American birds, but some birds have used. They, they have evidence from the using fire to uh, to preen themselves to remove insects. So it's real interesting uh, the, the uh, connection to fire. But by and large, uh, we've always thought that human beings have used fire for two or three hundred thousand years, and now there's some evidence that it's been five hundred thousand years. So we're we're hardwired to it. We're to hard- um, I know um, a, a Harvard biologist, I'm not sure if I'm saying his last name rec- correctly, but Richard Weinham, he uh, believes that fire is what makes us human, that fire actually expanded the human brain. Well, it certainly expanded our our uh, food and how we prepare food. Um, yeah, because um, – and but I mean so and we've known that um, humans have used um, earth ovens for over thirty thousand years. Though that evidence is pretty strong for tens of thousands of years, we were using earth ovens. Yeah, yeah. So you started in seventy eight, and let's go back to what life was like in the seventies. I mean, smog was a huge problem. Yeah, there was there was no consciousness of global warming or reducing our carbon footprint, but there was certainly consciousness about air and water pollution. Because the uh, the air and water was was uh, vastly polluted in the in the late sixties and the seventies, and uh, there was a real consciousness around that. Right, and this idea of having um, being able to produce your own energy and being responsible, and um, it was also I mean it was liberating to be responsible for your own heat. Yeah, you know, that real trend to back to the earth trend. Which which uh, I caught in a big way in, uh, in the mid seventies. And some friends of mine uh, got some rural land in Wisconsin that was marginal land, but had a lot of trees on it. And in fact, so many trees that uh, we had more uh, dead wood than we could possibly burn. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some of the products um, available now at Woodland Stoves. Um, 
as far as the cooking. I mean, there's, so you've been in business since 77, a lot of changes. And one of the things that's now cooking outdoors is, again, becoming trendy, just like it was tens of thousands of years ago. <laughs> yeah, and it's a lot of fun, too. Um, our business, I think, has changed. It was uh, predominantly a uh, energy-driven business in the 70s. Now it's uh, more aesthetics and more fun. And my path to uh, cooking with wood, you know, probably divergent path as, as a child, picnics and, and uh, roasting hot dogs and marshmallows over an open fire. And then um, um, I got involved with scouting as a boy, too, and then we did cookouts. And, of course, that was, that was uh, more hot dogs and, uh, and uh, um, beans, I remember, canned beans <laughs> over the open fire, cooking those over the open fire. But it made me uh, familiar with starting a fire, at least heating. It wasn't a culinary experience. But uh, with my experience with the wood stoves, I started cooking on top of the wood stove, which I thought was fun. I thought it was really clever. You're heating your space and you're you're cooking at the same time with the same energy source. I I thought that was a lot of fun. And uh, the next step was to take it outside and actually use that heat and flame to cook with. And when of these really super hot summer days, um, you don't. Really, I don't want to cook inside. I don't want to have that heat. It's kind of in the house. So to cook outside is a great way of preparing food. Well, exactly right. And again, it's not solving your carbon footprint, but at least you're not. Um, if you're fortunate enough to be air conditioned, at least you're not heating your house and then driving your air conditioner into overtime. You're at least heating outside, and it's also fun to be outside. It's 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 a fun activity that helps lower your carbon footprint a little bit. And it has deep cultural roots because um, I know I was looking at uh, one of the um, something it was the California Grill, and it said uh, these cooking dishes like asado. So, how do people use these different products? There's there's a lot of fun complicated stories on art forms. Maybe that's the right word to use. A lot of art form, a lot of art uh, along with uh, cooking outdoors. Well, a lot of different traditions from, you know, you mentioned earlier, earth ovens and then uh, elevated ovens, uh, uh, masonry ovens, baking in in those ovens for bread. And, of course, for pizza, it's just renowned. There's there's, uh, no better way to produce pizza than in a wood-burning oven. Uh, but, um, but grilling, too, uh, has, uh, has a long history. You know, and, and um, you know, from, uh, from uh, camping out to um, just preparing food in the, in the air, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. And they're, they're, it just gives rise to a lot of techniques. Okay, so what's some of the techniques you use? Well... Um, I was at a uh, restaurant in Amory, Wisconsin. I think it was called Farm to Table or Farm Table. Uh, and they had in a salad some roasted beet chips, mm. which is fun. I'm always looking for things that are uh, as much fun as potato chips but but uh, <laughs> more nutritious. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, they had in this salad some beet chips. And I thought, well, what does it take to uh, – what would it take to roast beet chips? They just – sliced beets very thin and, and roasted them, what does, it take, what does it take to do it over the fire? And so I did a deep dive, which which often means going on uh, the Internet and watching YouTube videos. <laughs> and uh, what I found was uh, a technique uh, 
uh, of drying the the um, the beet slices out, which makes them a lot lighter. In other words, because they don't have moisture on them, the the uh, the smoke and the heat doesn't react to them, uh, and it doesn't con- cause them to char. Of course, charring. Uh, or blackening is a technique in cooking. A lot of people like that. I love it. Yeah. I, I love I love you know signature flavor burnt. Got some complaints in the household, but I love the charcoal taste myself. But well, and a lot of what we associate as smoke flavor in grilling is really grease that's been reburning. And um, um, but there's a more there are more subtle flavors you can get out of you know real wood or real charcoal. Um, uh, that uh, that aren't just grease burning, and uh, that's fun too. It's f- you can you can take this in a lot of uh, you can do some deep dives in this, and and um, and uh, and, and uh, um, embrace some new techniques that we're not familiar with. Just flipping burgers on the grill. I I'm enjoying doing a lot of uh, vegetables, uh, mm. asparagus in the springtime, green beans. Uh, sweet potatoes cook up really nicely on the grill. There's a lot of uh, uh, zucchini medallions are a lot of fun. Okay. Well, and um, I, I know um, I've challenged myself to get four servings of vegetables a day. You know, and, and it's I thought this was going to be easy peasy, and it was shocking to me. It's like it is hard, and uh, again, someone I know. I mean, they have they had a serious issue with heart disease, and it's like. How do we get healthy? And, then, and, and, and all the processed food is so bad for us. We have, you know, for the first time in, in our human lifespan, our, our lifespans are actually going down. And one of the reasons is because we're not eating enough vegetables. So how can you grill vegetables? Well, and that's the, that's the fun part of it. Uh, the, the, uh, you can grill or bake vegetables. We usually think of beans, boiling beans, boiling potatoes, maybe baking potatoes. Uh, but um, those are, you know, on a hot summer day, the last thing you want to do is boil <laughs> beans on the stove for 20 minutes. And uh, taking it out either to your outdoor oven or to your grill, amazingly simple to grill um, beans. And they don't take nearly as long to cook as they do when you boil them. It's just amazingly simple. Now, I'm, I'm even I'm, – I don't want to say I'm skeptical because um, – but so you're talking about taking um, raw or uncooked beans and preparing over the grill. Yeah, I like to – because I like to get some smoke flavor, I, I have a, a collection of perforated pans, which uh, my favorite uh, uh, technique is to just oil the plant pan lightly, maybe oil the vegetables lightly, uh, season them with, with your favorite, and then put this over the grill – uh, a lot of people uh, grill over charcoal because you don't have open flame. An open flame is really challenging to control because you can overheat very quickly. But with a little technique, you can start these little small fires and cook over an open flame uh, and do it really successfully. Cooking over an open flame. So we're talking about cooking with wood. And uh, in studio with us is Peter Solak. He's the owner of Woodland Stoves. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950. 
Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Headland, student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food is not cheap, and a person who loves my uh, wood stove. And in, we're talking all about cooking with wood. And with us is uh, the owner of Woodland Stoves, Peter Solak. Welcome back. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, and I know on one of one of the uh, products it says professional grade and effortless for beginners. So this is f- cooking with fire can also can be both effortless for beginners. And it can get very complex for professionals. It does both of those at the same time. Or it can, you can. Well, I think that's part of cooking in general. In other words, the, the, one of the nice things about uh, uh, cooking indoors or out is you, you can continue to get more sophisticated. You know, you can, you can boil or fry eggs and then you can uh, do a deep dive into seasoning. What I enjoy on the outside and this is part of my personal passion, is playing with the heat or understanding the heat. And, of course, to do that, you've got to understand the fire. And uh, you can do it with experimentation. Uh, it always helps me to uh, think about what's going on. And uh, understanding fire, as scientists tell us, it's it's a chemical reaction. You know, we often think of it as live or talk about live fire, but it's a chemical reaction. And, and what we need is a fuel and we need oxygen and we need heat to to uh, burn, and we're talking about burning wood here primarily. But um, the the uh, better the fuel, that is, in, in the case of wood, the drier the fuel, uh, the more readily it's going to burn. And then we have to deliver heat and enough oxygen for it to burn or to burn cleanly. And um, that's something we do all the time with um, efficient wood-burning products inside the home. Uh, primarily with uh, adding secondary combustion air, preheated secondary combustion air up high above the fire. And the new um, the new fire pits do that too. The outdoor fire pits do that. Yeah, so um, why do you want to reduce the smoke? Well, uh, you know, for outdoor fire pits, one, not to get it in your own eyes, <laughs> <laughs> but also not to get it in your neighbor's um, you know, maybe fun to smell the fire in your backyard, but your neighbors may be less enchanted uh, by the by the uh, by the fire. And of course, you have to look at the entire air shed. We don't want to fill the air shed up with with uh, smoke, whether it's uh, burning grease or burning wood. And that's a problem globally with some people that where they rely on uh, wood um, solely for cooking their food. Well, absolutely, absolutely, it does. We're fortunate here in our part of the country that our air shed changes over the the um, the uh, uh, the uh, Minneapolis St. Paul metro area has relatively clean air compared to most metropolitan areas in the country and we also have uh, an abundance of of wood in fact we have more wood now uh, than we did um, 50 years ago or even 100 years ago the the uh, the uh, uh, country is reforesting really quickly on all, all kinds of marginal farmland is a bit, is uh, is not being used agriculturally and is growing up in um, in wood and um, frequently people and particularly in your um, country homes you have so much uh, so many dead branches and so many trees falling over you don't know what to do with them yeah, now, uh, and everyone's fire is very personal, so I want to make sure that not everyone's going to have a wood stove because it is work to go get the wood and stuff. But for us, we've always been able to get free wood because of where we live and our, the people we're around and stuff. And my husband likes it, so. 
Well, I think one of the reasons people uh, like to in, indoor cooking, they prefer gas. I mean, chefs like gas. And one of the reasons is they can see the flame. They can perceive how hot uh, they're cooking. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's part of the joy of it. It's a lot, it's a lot easier to see how hot um, the fire is if you can see the flame. So I want to talk um, because, uh, about some of the, the, the variety of outdoor products that you're offering right now because there really is quite a variety. So there's fire pits, both gas and wood, fire tables, full kitchen aisles, grills, the wood fire stoves. So um, just talk to us about some of these trends. Well, with, uh, with uh, gas grilling, um, you're, you're, uh, you're, you cannot um, choke the air off to the fire because gas itself is so volatile. Uh, with wood, you can burn in a, in a more slowly controlled uh, way. With gas, of course, you have the convenience. You can turn it up and down with a knob. With wood, you're the, uh, you're the person that determines the heat, both with the air that you give it and how much, uh, how much you feed it. But we, we do, and I've been fascinated lately about grilling because it's a newer discovery, um, 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 outdoor ovens, have, has been an enduring and long-standing uh, uh, love of mine, and we always think of pizza when we do outdoor ovens. And and pizzas do. I mean, they're the perfect they're the perfect oven for pizza. And per- pizza, of course, is just terrifically popular, and it's fun to do, and it's a fun social event. But roasting in an outdoor oven, you can do a lot more things in an outdoor oven. Uh, uh, vegetables and meats, uh, sweet corn is just wonderful. I, I love to uh, roast sweet corn uh, with, before I even um, take the, uh, the uh, before I even shuck it because I think it contains the, mm. it holds the uh, juices in, you mm-hmm. know, rather than, than shucking it and boiling it where you're going to lose some nutrients. So I love that. And, and you can do it on a grill too, although you have to keep rotating it. So, yeah, just take the corn, throw it in there, and how long do you cook your corn? Well, uh, you know, until it's done, of course, but <laughs> and that depends on the heat. Uh, a lot of times I will uh, soak the uh, the corn, uh, you know, in the full ear of corn in water just to keep the uh, the uh, husk from burning and uh, and then set it in a warm place in the oven. And you can see the, the husk dries out and starts to get uh, starts to get burned. And uh, then you can peel it and just try it. And you can do it in, in as quickly as 10 minutes in a hot oven, but you may be at it 15, 20 minutes in, over an open fire or over in a grill. And uh, talk about the social aspects. Well, and, and again, you know, enjoying sweet corn like that, corn on the cob, is, is wonderful outside. <laughs> it's a lot, particularly when you have the husk, you know, you peel the husk back and hold it in one hand. It's an informal setting, but it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. And pizzas, of course, you can you can involve people in the uh, roasting or the baking, but you can also involve people in the making of, the, of pizza. So that's it's a lot of fun. It can be a, real, a, a whole lot of fun. And people can customize. You know, kids can customize if they don't like uh, if they don't like mushrooms. They don't have to put mushrooms on their pizza. So when I stopped by the store and I looked at all these different uh, products, the one thing that really struck me was just how beautiful a lot of them are. I mean, these are – it's almost like visiting a gallery because they're gorgeous. <laughs> well, thank you. But for me, it's, it's, uh, it's fun and, the, and kind of the, 
the form follows the function, and of course it is indoors, of course, and outdoors too. It's part of your it's part of your furnishings. It's part of your your uh, your decor, if you will. So and 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 the other interesting part. There's so many different traditions, uh, so many different styles, uh, particularly indoors. I mean, human beings have been out at fire for a long time and, you know, we have everything from Victorian styles to to ultra-modern and, and the trend is, you know, largely something in between. Back in the 70s and 80s, when we looked at wood stoves, everybody was thinking about Victorian styles. So um, we're talking with uh, Peter uh, from Woodland Stoves. Um, company started in 1977. So we're going to take a break. You'll be right back. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. No, I Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, and we're with Peter Solik, the owner of Woodland Stoves. And on break, we just started chit-chatting because um, I know someone that visited a Finnish farm. And the, the in, in Finland and on this farm, all the cooking, the heat of the house, the sauna, all came from the same fireplace. And that's just the way they did it for a long time. And we're just talking about some of that history around how people have used fire in different places and, and the commonalities. Yeah, and and – if the if Finland has a real big tradition of, of particularly masonry uh, heaters, which they cooked in as well, and of course they have a tradition in saunas, uh, as so do so many other cultures have traditions in sweat lodges. But the uh, the way the uh, they cook and heat with the same fire in Finland, I, f- I find really fascinating. And of course they have a cold climate in in um, in the country and. Even in the summertime, they often need heat, and it's a wonderful way just to start an oven and also heat the space. And there's some beautiful modern examples of that that's available now at Woodland Stubbs. You want to talk about those a bit? Yeah, the the uh, and of course modern architecture in Finland is has been a trend for for uh, 50 years, really. And and they also have a, they also embrace traditional architecture, but they they um, they. They're very technical in their approach to fire, and uh, the aesthetic is, uh, I think, is really warm at the same time of being quite modern, quite contemporary. And quite efficient and effective. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's, that runs through the, the uh, Finnish culture. I mean, they are very, uh, very, um, um, they're very capable engineers in so many different fields. So talk about the brands available well, in uh, in uh, Finland, world famous is Tulikivi, which is literally uh, stone for fire, a firestone. Uh, that that system, they they for several centuries, they burned uh, wood rather rapidly and stored the heat in masonry. But that that system was uh, was uh, prevalent all through uh, Europe. Even the Romans did it. Uh, that that system the the uh, in Finland they retained it and uh, actually briefly they weren't using many of them but they had a resurrection after World War II the uh, the uh, love affair with uh, heating with uh, oil and gas uh, 
lasted uh, 20, 30 years, and then they went back to wood in, in, <laughs> in, uh, in Finland. But those, those cultures are being reborn in uh, other parts of Europe and Scandinavian countries. Norway uses soapstone for uh, uh, wood heating as well. I don't think they do it uh, as much with the cooking as the uh, as the Finns do it. They have a real in Norway. They have a real traditional uh, uh, cooking fireplace, open cooking fireplace, which is a lot of fun. But it's it's hardly modern. And also on break, you were making these connections between like sweat lodges and um, indigenous cultures around the world, and how important that fire is, and that getting in these really warm spots. Yeah, that that's that's amazing. Even in uh, even in countries, you know, it makes sense in Finland where it's cold all the time. But even in countries and parts of the of the United States and other countries where they had a warm climate, um, you know, going into a sweat lodge was a real passion. In Finland, it's kind of expected. You know, of course, they had saunas before they had indoor plumbing. <laughs> and, and and actually, as you go into northern Minnesota, there are a lot of areas that, that if you stay in a hotel, you kind of expect to have a sauna available. Mm-hmm. So um, – Let's talk some more about, um, get back to kind of this grilling. And one thing that I saw that I kind of didn't even realize was um, possible was these multi-fuel ovens where you can use, you get a choice between, do I want to, do I feel like gas today or do I feel like wood? Yeah, and I I understand it because um, it does take, I don't know, 7 or 15 minutes to prepare a grill, wood-fired grill, even with your experience. And uh, an oven... uh, three-quarters of an hour in a wood-fired oven uh, to have the convenience of just turning on a uh, turning on an oven and heating it up, prepare your food and put it in, um, it's, it's, it's the modern era. It's, it's, uh, it's hard not to embrace that too. <laughs> but there are products you can buy where you get to choose. Yeah, and actually you can, you can start and heat with gas and then add a little wood for the flavoring. Uh, uh, that's fun. So um, so that's the gauzy, like, multi-fuel oven. Um, do you want to talk more about specific products that do, does that, where you get to choose between? Well, I'd love people to come in and take a look. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really nice to touch and feel and, and see the different manufacturer's solutions to the, um, to the cooking outdoor. Uh, it- and I guess I think sometimes I think of grill, you only think of grill, but you can actually roast, smoke, or steam, or bake. Yeah, it, um, um, more and more uh, more and more of the grill, something we call a grill, uh, are incorporating those features because, um, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's how, do we deliver, how do we deliver that heat to the food? Uh, one of the uh, one of the challenges of of cooking outdoors as opposed to indoors is uh, managing the heat so that all the food is done at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, um, you know, many of us, after experiencing, well, we'll have uh, we'll have our hamburgers now, and uh, we'll have the sweet corn for dessert, or we'll have <laughs> the, or we'll have the uh, green beans <laughs> after we have the hamburgers. It's fun to be able to. Uh, learn how to time it so it all comes out at the, relatively at the same time. Um, and the other thing I've said about some of these products is that it's um, also, it's not just cooking, but you need to have space to prepare the stuff to make it, um, so having the nice steel trays and all that fancy stuff to... 
you can keep going. Yeah. <laughs> you can keep going. Uh, um, it's it's you know you can prepare it on a on a little table near the grill, or you can do a built-in countertop and and really keep going. But, and again, like cooking, you can you can make it as elaborate. You can make it as simple as you want, or you can make it as elaborate as you want. Um, the uh, the important thing I think is to have fun. Well, and that's it. And I, I mean, I'm surprised that it popped in my brain again. But Babette's Feast it was a famous movie a long time ago about how a wonderfully complicated and incredible meal sort of like improved everyone's relationship. And it was just a kind of a, um, I don't know, a real connecting moment. Yeah, magic, magic almost. Um, I find it really satisfying. I like systems. I find it really satisfying to, to cut and dry wood. And then to um, um, prepare, uh, say, aspar- whether it's asparagus or beets or these, you know, these really healthy foods. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an omnivore, but I'm trying to embrace, as you are, more and more vegetables and not as hold your nose and eat the vegetables as, boy, these, this is really a wonderful treat. Uh, and I think uh, roasting, um, you're roasting a very simple thing like green beans over an open fire, it, it does an amazing thing to them. And then you can play with sesame seed on them, and then you can play with the different spices. And um, on the California Grill, the little thing said, and you can cook excellent meats and vegetables without using extra fats. Yeah, no, absolutely you can. Um, the, um, the, um, um, the, you know, these perforated pans are often uh, uh, nonstick. And... Um, I, I enjoy things like avocado oil or olive oil. Avocado oil is real uh, heat resistant, more more heat resistant than olive oil, so it works well on the grill. Um, I enjoy adding vegetable oils to uh, to uh, to vegetables. Um, you know, zucchini slices with uh, avocado oil and some some uh, spices. Um, the the uh, Famous uh, Trader Joe's, everything but the bagel spice is a favorite go-to uh, blended spice, and it's essentially sesame seeds and, and salt, and there's some other things. But I enjoy, I enjoy just sticking spices onto vegetables, and it makes it makes uh, a, a nutritious meal of fun and a health and a you know a fun meal to eat, something that people really want to eat. And when you started um, beginning the show, you're talking about a restaurant that served beet chips. And yeah. so, have you ever made the beet chips? Yourself? No, that's I did a a, a, a deep dive um, on the internet and about these different techniques and why it's important to get the the chips dry because otherwise they'll blacken on the outside. Uh, and, and unless you like blacken on the outside, and, and that is a technique. Uh, I'm thinking about black and fish. That is a technique, but you don't always have to have. You don't always have to add that black to the outside, to uh, to vegetables. And the denominator, according to several people, was the moisture. Get your get your uh, green beans and your asparagus dry after you wash them, before you put them on the grill. And it makes sense because uh, what you're getting with the with an open flame heat is moisture, of course, it is a part of, uh, of um, combustion. And when a hot, moist air hits, hits a cool surface, it's going to condense. And that's going to cool the surface. And 
when you have this wet surface, uh, it's going to attract any uh, any smoke to it. So so um, it makes me want to do experiments with uh, you know washing asparagus and leaving it a little wet or versus dry and see how the, how it acts differently. So so this uh, this playing with heat and playing with the techniques it can get it can get a bit subtle. Uh, I'm I'm not a um, a um, a terribly discrim. I don't have a terribly discriminating palate. Uh, I can take. I can't taste the uh, the uh, the uh, apricot flavor in in uh, asparagus or or um, or the difference between uh, roasting with uh, maple versus uh, pear or pear versus apple. But but. It's. I certainly get this delight of a flavorful uh, uh, cooked uh, um, vegetable or, or meat, for that matter. Yeah, and so um, in addition, of course, to um, cooking, there's um, the fire pits, which are very popular right now, and it's just it's a way of bringing the outside in. So, talk about some of the fire pits that are available. Well, and the newest trend, and, and now it's becoming not just one or two brands, but a whole segment are these um, they they started calling them smokeless not smokeless but smokeless fire pits and the simply applying the principles we use in wood burning stoves and efficient fireplaces in uh, providing preheated secondary combustion air they're double uh, pits that have a channel that channel air up above the fire to get it to combust the smoke much more cleanly so and they reduce the smoke output from the um, fire, about eighty percent, and which it makes it a lot nicer to sit next to, but it certainly makes it a lot nicer for your neighbors and for the airshed in general. And for people who are sensitive with asthma and stuff, and um, we're going to take a break. I want to make sure we mention that there's still a tax credit. So um, uh, on, on this, you want to briefly cover the tax credit, and we'll sure, sure. Uh, so we'll, we'll take a break, then we'll talk about the tax credit. <laughs> You're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And in studio with us is the owner of Woodland Stoves, Peter Solick. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, and in studio with me is the owner of Woodland Stoves, Peter Solek. And before we went on break, we're talking about this tax credit that's available. So share with us the details of that. Well, the uh, the federal government enacted a tax credit for, for high-efficiency uh, wood-burning products. Uh, that is to say any um, product that's 75% or more efficient is rel- relatively stringent and well, I would say somewhere between 30 and 40 percent of our products qualify, which means more don't. Uh, but it, it's an, I think it's an emphasis on the uh, carbon-reducing potential of having a fireplace in your home. And my customers, you know, we started as an alternative energy store and because people couldn't get oil – but I soon realized that fire meant more than just energy to people. They meant some sort of psychological wellness, some sense of well-being and home. And what the tax credit is saying, you can do that and at the same time you can use that same product, which is a bit of a luxury or a psychological necessity, 
uh, you can use that to actually lower your carbon footprint. I absolutely love the way you just said that. It's a luxury or otherwise a psychological necessity. <laughs> well, it, it seems like it's it, it's hard for me to imagine. I'm, I'm thinking about Finland where you can hardly imagine a home or, a, or an apartment without a sauna mm-hmm. or availability of sauna. I can hardly imagine a home without an availability to, uh, to a fire. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, and there's all different ways to have fire uh, to meet with you because I mean there is fire for apartments and some some mobile ones. I mean you guys have such a variety of products, and again, it's almost like visiting an art gallery. So tell us about your location and the different types of products you have on display. Well, we're located at 2901 East Franklin Avenue, which is uh, right next to the um, Seward Co-op Grocery Store, um, right off Riverside Avenue and, and 94, and. Uh, you know, one of the types uh, wood you might understand is my passion, and of course, gas um, has been very popular. But uh, electric fireplaces, electric stoves have become real popular too. Even though you don't have an open flame, you do have this joy of looking at a at a, uh, a fire-like uh, product, and of course, they can heat as well or heat a small space. That you know, we many of my customers said, "Well, I I want a fireplace, or I want a." I want a you know fire in my home. I'm not concerned about heat, and uh, you know I have a furnace. But I think without knowing it, uh, we enjoy that radiant heat more than we think. It's it's like with food. We always talk about the taste, but uh, the smell is as important or uh, as the taste. Without us knowing it, uh, we're we're very attached to our our nose. And to our sense of feeling, you know, we're so sight dominant creatures. We think about looks, and uh, but but the feel of radiant energy is something we often don't talk about. But I think as human beings, but I think we sense more than we think, more than we realize. Well, and I know with our wood stove, then so the main part of the house we keep really toasty warm and has that wonderful moist heat, and then we can keep the thermostat really low. Um, and I must admit, on those really cold weekends, there's a couple of times like we're going to make sure the fur- the furnace doesn't come on, I and mean, we just kind of get obsessed with it so that we can heat with that wood. And uh... well, I, I do that too. So see how? <laughs> see, I mean, my my heating with wood. I'm here in Minneapolis, and my heating with wood is supplemental. But I do. I have reduced my gas bill half. The the uh, the uh, energy company says I'm one of the most efficient of the top five efficient people. You know, they send those little flyers out, which which uh, I, I feel good about, even though I live in an older home. Uh, but the 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 for me, the joy of walking into a room that's that's a little warmer than seventy. If I heated the whole house to that temperature, it would be oppressive. But to have a space to sit down and relax and feel that radiant heat is, is uh, you know, makes uh, winter in Minnesota uh, something special. Well, and I, I got the wood stove in 2005, and the, the one thing I, I think of is dogs and how the dogs naturally respond to the wood stove. Yeah, dogs and cats. Cats are huge heat lovers too. Uh, yeah, that's that, it's an amazing. It's a it's a it's an animal it's an animal attraction. Yeah. Um, so um, again, to visit the store, it's right by Seward Co-op and the variety of indoor and outdoor fire products. Come and see us. We'd love to show you the different things. We'd like to hear what you would would like in your home, and uh, show us the show you the solutions that we think will work. 
And it's, you know, fire is the fire that's right for you because an older person, having a wood, cooking with wood is work. It's effort, you know. So um, everyone's fire is, is unique to what they need and what they want in their house and the shape of their house. Exactly right. And, you, you know, the convenience of gas or electricity, just the, the, the cleanliness of it and the, the, you know, the turn it on with a switch or remote control is, is fantastic. Although, on the other hand, um, one of my thoughts is everything worth, worth doing creates a mess, whether it's cooking or, or heating. Um, you have to enjoy the mess or you have to put up with the mess to enjoy the you know something really fine. You know, like owning a owning a, uh, a dog or a cat. <laughs> I love that expression too because I know sometimes um, it's like, oh, there's so much clutter in the house because you know you get the drying stuff over here or the seeds over here, and it's like that's just the consequences of being an interesting person. There's just you know, and so it is. It is a mess. It is effort, and it's joyful for some, and others want to just flip a switch on, and it's all it's all good. Yeah. So whatever they find, um, you know, I had um, somebody absolutely loves this to me. They say all businesses are horrible, and I just, and I, I mean, I absolutely love this person. They didn't mean anything by it, but I was like, no, I work for a business, and Woodland Stoves is a business, and we're good. <laughs> well, I think we are good if we if we take care of the the uh, wants and needs of our employees and our customers. Um, we're not the only the we're not the only I mean human beings are um, collaborative and it's and having a business is one way to be collaborative it's not the only way but it's one way to be collaborative and you can do it well you know and that's exactly it people in life is actually functions on a collaborative way and I've been reading great stuff about how the microbes work and we'll be covering this down the road I'm reading entangled and anyhow but life is naturally collaborative and we have kind of this myth about it's a doggy dog world and everything's out there and that's just not real I mean what's real is what we create each, with each little decision we have and embracing um, our whole selves and being our collaborative self creates a better world well it, I, I guess we're Looking at uh, whether life is a zero sum game, or 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 if um, knowing and working with each other adds to life, and uh, I think as more and more uh, um, we add to each other's well being more than we, we're, you know, we're not hunter gatherers with a limited number of of uh, blackberries to pick. Uh, we have we have we have gone way beyond that. The sort of things that we provide to each other is beyond these uh, very uh, limited resources. Yeah, keep the love life brands and and creating that. Um, well, I thank you so much, uh, Peter Solak, owner of Woodland Stoves. Encourage everyone to go to Woodland Stoves um, right by um, Seward Co-op. Stop by the two and um, check out the beautiful fire pits and fire grills and wood stoves and pizza ovens and the variety of products um so thank you so much for listening and thank you for being here peter thank you laura for having me thanks